From the second chapter of St. Luke, this is our text for this last of our midweek Advent services. Then the angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear friends, considering this text just read, to everything there's a season, and it would seem that this text tonight doesn't belong in this season of Advent. It's too at home where the carols and the Christmas Eve candlelight live. If Christmas presents belong to the day, the Christ's cradle Christmas presents would seem to belong to it as well. And is tonight's angelic tiding, is it, is it blooming too early? And is it blooming out of season? Well, properly and chronologically speaking, the angels' glad tidings of great joy that the shepherds heard, the shepherds watching their flocks there by night, properly and chronologically speaking, the good news here to the shepherds is not an Advent message per se, at least not in the traditional sense. You see, by the time the shepherds receive the news, the Savior is already born. He already rests in motherly arms, in manger, in the town just over the hills in Bethlehem. And so why is it then? Why do we consider this text tonight part of Advent's angel tidings? Well, there's good reason that we consider these angelic Christmas words on this Advent night. The angel's tidings, you see. The angel's tidings tell the shepherds what they should expect to find when they arrive at that Christmas cradle on that Christmas Eve. In the same way, Gabriel came to Mary Mild. We heard it earlier this season and said to her, here's what you can expect to find as God carries out his saving plan using you. And through the child whom you miraculously bear, it's what the angel came to dreaming Joseph to say. Here's what you can expect, Joseph. As God unfolds and unveils his plans for you and through you for all people. And so too for these unnamed and these un numbered shepherds here. The angel's message is the same. Here's what you can expect. It's what you, you can expect to find as God here carries out his plan. And the message is the same for us here too tonight. As we consider the last of our Advent angel tidings, we consider this one last angelic greeting, the one that bridges Advent expectation with the Christmas presence of the Christ child. Now, expectations can be funny things. With gifts soon to be exchanged and opened, we know, we've known it, you've known it from your youngest years, how expectations can shape the way we think about the gifts that have been received. Over-expectation can leave us awfully disappointed. So, too, can misdirected expectation. Perhaps you're thinking on a Blu-ray video player and you open up a corkscrew. Well, after 
And, and then rather disappointedly, though, you, you find the silver lining in that corkscrew because you can't open your newly received bottle of wine with a Blu-ray player, so there you go. The corkscrew is, you, you concede is a good gift. Well, expectations. We heard in last Sunday's sermon of, of the dangerous disappointment of harboring wrong expectations of the Christ born at Christmas, but this Christ not only born at Christmas, but the one bound to and bound for Calvary's cross. And so the angel's message to the shepherds who did watch is in a sense a very, very important Advent message because it tells us what's coming. It tells us what to expect. It tells us what we'll find in just a few days from now. When we again hasten to revisit that manger that still to this day stands in the pages of Holy Writ and still beams with unborrowed and uncreated light, these angel tidings tell us what it is that God knew you and I could not do without. And so consider one more time tonight Advent's angel tidings, this time to these shepherds who did watch by night. In the first words of the angel to these shepherds, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. Behold, he begins his remarks, behold. Well, in the Greek, the word implies something unexpected. Behold the unexpected. And what's unexpected about this proclamation? Well, among other things, perhaps, perhaps first it's this, that, that it would come to, to you, it would come to them, it would come to shepherds. Not much special about shepherds. Among the whole brotherhood of those on the Judean hillside, I can well imagine, I don't suppose that there was a single one of them who held a position of nobility or royalty. Noblemen don't herd sheep. And so if you'd expect the world's finest message to be delivered to the world's finest and elite aristocracy who have studied and who've practiced the protocol of receiving statesmen and of, of receiving foreign dignitaries and, and royal ambassadors, if that's what you'd expect, then this angelic announcement to shepherds would be completely unexpected. And to the most unroyal, behold, he still comes, doesn't he? He still bears the news, and you, friends, and I too, the unroyal, we can expect just the same. He bears it to you and me. But also, an additional sense here with this first remark of the unexpected, remember this, that as Judean shepherds, they most likely were of the house of Israel, of this nation of Israel whose ears had been filled with the sound of divine silence for near 400 years. Now it's not too much to expect that they were beginning to expect to hear nothing more at all. From God. After all, they would have known the scripture from Isaiah, that Advent prophet, the one that you know well, the one that reminds us all and that says to you, Your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will no longer hear you. And perhaps, perhaps just when the people were beginning to forget the promise, then behold, Unexpectedly behold the promise now fulfilled. Maybe to you too. Knowing your track record has been far less than spotless, 
Maybe you too would expect that the God of Advent and the God of Christmas wouldn't have good news to bear to you, but yet week after week and time after time, what does he do? His message, this message, is, as the angel says, is unto you. And note this well tonight also. Note it well and take it home with you that it is indeed unto you. Perhaps among the greatest two little words ever uttered to mankind, unto you. For consider it, what good would it have been for shepherds to hear the Savior's born, but then to have no promise attached to that, that it was going to be to their benefit in somehow? What good would that be to us? To hear Jesus indeed has been born in Bethlehem, but then to be there left wondering whether it would have any positive impact on you or me whatsoever, whether we'd be left just simply to be bystanders. Perhaps if the angel's message is wondering if it's any good for us now being 2,000 years removed from that holy night, but, but these two little words, unto you, they connect us. Just like they did those shepherds, they connect you and me to that manger scene. We need not be in it. We, we need not have our own little figurines inside the manger scene. You could, though, and rightly so. But we need not for proof that the night included us as well. Why do we need no other proof? Because, friends, by these words, you and I, we own We own the good news that places us not only in the manger on that night, but next to his side, but places us too below his cross, the cross of our redemption. For the words are clear, for there is born, the angel said, unto you. And not just unto you. One more more truth of, of of the unexpected in this opening remark of behold. Because the angel said, it's not just to you, But behold, these tidings will be for all people. All people, not just the house of Israel, not just the city of David, not just to those who were born into families, Christian families, or those who who grew up in Christian families. These words, this message to be to all people, it's like the message spoken here tonight. It's for all within the sound of this voice. It excludes no one. And the message of this voice voice will be carried by internet broadcast from here and as far as perhaps Colorado or Washington or Minnesota or Virginia or perhaps as far as New Zealand and, and perhaps heard by others in between. It's meant for you who hear it. No matter where you are, and I tell you, no matter where in life you've been, No matter where in the circumstances of life you happen to be. God puts no restriction on this message. For as surely as St. John has declared that this Christ became the propitiation. And I quote him. Not only for our sins but for the sins of the whole world. So in the same way this angel on this night declared to those shepherds. And it shall be for all people. And then the angel continues, For there is born unto you. Born. Now consider what this must have meant in the ears and the hearts of those shepherds. Consider what it means to you too. This message is yours as much as it's theirs. 
Consider what it means so that you can know what to expect in the Christmas cradle. If those shepherds knew the Old Testament prophecies and promises of God, then they knew that the first gospel promise in Eden, in that freshly ruined paradise, now the sin-fallen condition, they knew that first promise, the proto, it's been called proto-evangelium, the first good news, good report. They would have known that the first promise was all about being born. Because remember, this was the one, this was the promise in which, in order to deal with all of mankind's now fallen condition, God promised Adam and Eve that he would send forth a seed, an offspring, to be born of a woman sometime in time. He would send forth a seed or an offspring in order to crush the ancient serpent's head. Well, in the fullness of time, as Paul wrote, this long-expected one arrived, And was, as he wrote, born of a woman, born under the law, born to redeem those like you and me, Adam and Eve, those of us who, by our birth and nature and by our own deeds, were condemned under the law. Behold, the angel said, today is born. A long-expected word, the angel declared. The first glad tidings of millennia gone by fulfilled in that Christmas cradle. It's what you can ex- it's who you can expect as we approach quickly that Christmas cradle. But God doesn't stop with a broad canvassing announcement. Does he a one-time broad canvassing announcement? He doesn't stop there. He doesn't send you and, and proclaim to you this news and then leave you again. He didn't leave the shepherds in the dark, wondering which way to go, what to do. The Advent angel directs you just like it directed them to him, saying, this shall be the sign unto you to them. He said, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. In other words, here's what you should expect. Here's what you should expect. I'm not pointing you, the angel said to myself, I'm pointing you to him. To him who's pleased, the angel, I can imagine the angel would have said, I'm pointing you to him who's pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus, your Emmanuel. The angel would have said, God with you, born to raise the sons of earth, you mortals, born to give you second birth, he would say to you humans. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give you second birth, he would say, just as your hymns and your carols of this event will ring and will rightly declare throughout all of the ages. Now to the shepherds, he said, you'll find him in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. But to you, that's not what God's messenger would say. It's not where God's messenger would point you to find the Christ. No, to you, you'll find him cradled in the word. And wrapped in the sacraments. That, dear Advent hearer, is what you can expect to find as we approach Christmas and the Christ in the cradle at Christmas. Just like these shepherds, having heard the angel tidings, 
Just like these shepherds, it's hard not to be compelled by the God-sent word of the Advent messenger. It's hard not to be compelled by God's word to the God-sent word incarnate in the Christmas manger. And so we also, to it we run, as they did. We run, having heard the Advent angel tidings, to it we, we run, as Advent, step by step, nearer and nearer, as Advent becomes Christmas, to it we run, prepared by the angel's tidings this Advent season, knowing what to expect, we run, and we soon, in the Christmas word, we soon, too, marvel anew. We marvel anew at this thing that has come to pass. In closing tonight, I share with you the words of a little known but a very poetic hymn text written by F. Samuel Janzow, written about this manger-born shepherd of shepherds. After all, it was because like sheep we'd all gone astray that he was born, wasn't it? So that condescending to live amidst our filth and to wear our stench and to die for sheep who love to wander, it was for that reason that he was born, was it not? That we might be returned to the shepherd, Scripture says, an overseer of our souls. And so this hymn was written. This hymn written as if sung by tonight's Advent angels in chorus over the Judean hills. A hymn that well captures, I I think, the sense and the significance of this shepherd of shepherds. It goes like this. From shepherding of stars that gaze toward heavenly fields of light, I come with tidings to amaze you watchers in the night, you watchers in the night. Your shepherd king from starlit hall bends down to weary lands, lies mangered. Low in cattle stall, go touch his infant hands. Go touch his infant hands. He shepherds from the thistled place, the flocks by thickets torn. His pierced hands heal all your race, sore wounded by the thorn. Sore wounded by the thorn. Embrace the Christ child and with songs bind up the hearts of men to shepherd, healer, king. Let throngs sing glorious again, sing glorious again.